Hello, I'm Philippe de Montebello, and thank you once more for joining us in the Picture Conversations with Aquavella Galleries. For this episode of the Picture Podcast, I'm pleased to present a completely unrehearsed conversation with the wonderful painter Wayne Thibault. In celebration of a recent exhibition pairing his work with that of the painter Richard Diebenkorn in California landscapes at Aquavella Galleries, I spoke with Thibault about color, cake, and his love of the act of painting. Thank you for your interest. Not at all. It's um, perfectly natural. I love good painting. Thank you. So my first question is, uh, as you know, this is an exhibition where you are being paired uh, with Richard Diebenkorn with some of your landscapes and some of his landscapes. And how do you feel about this? Uh, do you feel that it will underscore your similarities, your differences, or...? I feel honored, first of all, because he was a, an influence on my own work, and we became friends, and I have a great admiration for him. So it's a great pleasure to be paired with him. We've had one other exhibition some years ago, it was a much uh, smaller one, and also more varied. Uh -huh. Well, that's very uh, generous of you. What is uh, interesting to some of us on the East Coast, and this is, I guess, an East Coast, West Coast uh, interview, is uh, the notion of uh, you and he and others, even Hockney, uh, being grouped together and called California artists, uh, as if somehow there was a very special palette associated with California, a very special style. Uh, do you really feel do you, that you are specifically a California artist? I often say when uh, we are grouped as California artists that it, it has its, uh, its uh, characteristically false premise. Since there's only one art world or one painting world, as far as I'm concerned, it's like referring to California painting, like referring to California mathematics or California science. I feel much more general and very deeply interested in the whole tradition of painting, which is my love. Well, I am delighted to hear you say so, because that reduces the uh, rather pejorative element of uh, regionalism and reintroduces that of universalism. And uh, you obviously opt and certainly deserve uh, the second. I was always very surprised by the notion of a particular California look uh, because, in fact, in the highly saturated sunshine of California, colors tend to be muted, uh, not, in fact, as bright or, as people have said about yours, confectionary uh, as all of that. When you apply your, your very colorful, though to a certain degree muted, palette uh, to landscape, are you 
are you extending yourself from the earlier still lives, the cakes, the clearly the subject matter that is colorful and transposing this almost arbitrarily onto a landscape? I think those series are more spectral in character and follow the influence of uh, my predecessor, so many wonderful ones, such as uh, Bonar Matisse and those wonderful folk painters, but also the Middle Eastern Rajput painters or Indian painters and others as well. But it does insist itself upon two yellows, two reds, two blues, so that you are working, obviously, with different temperatures. So that's essentially, the landscapes were a convenient method of inserting a kind of color emphasis, at least in those were some of the problems which I enjoyed attempting to work through. Well, I think that's uh, uh, fascinating, and there are too many artists active today, I think, who are as articulate and as specific about their points of departure as you are. And I was going to bring up the fauves, because of course there is obviously a very fauve quality uh, to many of the arbitrary colors, I think, that you impose on your landscape and draw out of them. And I think the comparison with Bonnard and Villard also, as just as you have, they created images by fusing, if I'm not mistaken, background, foreground, uh, giving equal weight in a sense, in terms of color and sensitivity to both, which is also something that you do. In fact, you play with issues of perspective in, in your landscape. It gives them, uh, to my eye, great intensity, uh, an enormous pulse, mixing both lateral and and uh, bird's eye views in the in the same plane, and tilting it up, uh, losing the sky and focusing on all of the uh, patterns. Uh, you do this as a reaction to things seen, or are you are you actually looking to transform things seen into your own version of abstraction? Well, since I work from memory. Of course I go out and draw a lot and paint on the scene, but essentially it's a, it's a studio practice of attempting to use as many tools of perspective and the influences from east and west and wherever and attempt to make a non- let's say, pictorial emphasis and attempt to find the landscape or to find that section of the landscape through uh, negotiations of space and many of the <clears throat> directions that you annotate. So it's a great joy to make it as a research problem and attempt 
for instance, to use as many uh, perspectives, points of view, flatness, and attempt to make a picture which happily has not been seen before. A very difficult task and uh, great rich heritage of the tradition of art history gives us those standards of excellence but also ways of doing things. And I, I think that's a very good explanation. I think to a certain degree your tilting of uh, the landscapes upward go back precisely to the miniature art of the Indian and Rajput painters that you uh, that you evoke. To a certain degree, part of the intensity and almost unsettling quality of some of your uh, landscape, to me, and I wonder whether you would agree with this, go back a little bit to Cezanne still lives, where the tables are tilted up and where were it not paint on canvas, uh, the plates and the fruit would all tumble into our space, no? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I find his works quite jolly in that sense. Uh, I know it's a very serious breakthrough that he makes, and uh, we are all educated by his example. But there is a kind of humanness which he re-enters into the atmosphere, and uh, that's why he's such a great example and a great treasure for us. Would you say that to a certain extent, the fact that you teach has some bearing on your work uh, in the sense that you automatically continue to apply, exercise, and experiment a little bit in function of your teaching and following your own teaching? That's a very good, precise uh, statement about what I do. Actually, teaching was my education. Uh -huh. I was fortunate that I was hired. I had not gone to art school. And while I wanted to go, it was not possible. So a lot of wonderful craftspeople and tradespeople and wonderful typographers, old sign painters, illustrators, and so on, guided me as an apprentice. So there was a, a very direct kind of the way in which one went about teaching oneself and being responsible to a high standard. So when I began to teach, that's, I simply uh, would give examples or projects which I was interested in. And fortunately, the institutions which I worked at, first a junior college and then a university, were very uh, allowing of that sort of thing. I would set an example of, for instance, a color problem attempting to define the three uses of hue, value, and intensity, which is a difficult and highly subtle challenge for 
one to learn. You learn, for instance, that value by far trumps something like color and or hue and intensity, something that is a difficult thing to learn. It is a fascinating uh, interaction, a kind of almost autobiographical, autodidactic uh, uh, way of experimenting, which leads me to ask whether you consider yourself as someone who's willing to take risks. You've said in, in many interviews that uh, you're never really fully satisfied with uh, the last picture that you've done, that you're always thinking of the next one. Do you actually occasionally destroy work that you're dissatisfied with? Quite a, quite a little bit of destruction has to take place. And your description of probably one of the most important things, at least for maybe modern artists, maybe, I don't know beyond that, but risk was always at the center of so many things. I see Picasso as a sort of practicing art historian, where he'll try any culture and any movement, and of course uh, makes it his own, but that range and uh, fullness of life, I think, is absolutely upon which one paints. At least that's my view of it. There's never quite enough. There's never full enough. You're still looking if you can in any way at all find some sort of new visual species, however small and however uh, it accommodates itself. But I once you learn how to do something or you run through a series, my series seemed to take around 10 to 12 years or more. And then I'm uh, probably done what I could do. Uh, let me interject at this point. On, on one level, yes, that's obviously true and you say so, but you do revisit pictures that you've done years before and actually intervene in them. You make changes to them. You revisit past works. Um, is that a form of recreation? Is that a, is, is that oddly enough a violation of a particularly defining moment in your career? It, it, yeah. it's, it's a strange thing to do. Probably, yeah. It is strange. I think Part of it comes from my commercial art ex experience, perhaps. But yes, that idea of regaining, uh, for instance, about, I don't know, a month ago, I started painting cakes and pies again. And it was a shock. But somehow I had seen some new, for instance, uh, those glass globes they put over leftover pieces of cake right? Uh, or something of that kind where I've seen a, a knife inserted in something, then it seems to me to have a new little fresh 
thing that I would kind of like to annotate as a part of the general survey of work over so many years. So it is true I go back. But usually I'm headed on to something I don't have no idea what to do. And I almost hate to admit what I'm trying to paint now. <laughs> well, uh, to follow up on that fascinating uh, aspect of your continual renewal of yourself, which is which is uh, remarkable, uh, would you then say that it would be fair to characterize much of your work uh, and the subject matter as no more than pretext for images? That in the end, it doesn't matter whether it's a mountain, a cake, or a surfer? I think that's a perfect answer to that. Every painting is its own unique thing. So that even if you repeat yourself, there are those, those changes. That cites the idea of formalism. Uh-huh. That what I'm always primarily probably interested in is making that thing as well as I can. So that, uh, yes, there isn't a lot of difference between a mountain and a cake uh, or nothing which would significantly shy me away from painting it. Uh, that's a very important thing, I think. Dealing with students, for instance, what you want to get them started on is just that particular aspect of work. Deve developing your tools so that your craftsmanship is almost of your honor. And you don't expect to find ways around that. For me, at least, it's very central, and I find myself as much as a contemporary artist, a, a big uh, booster of academic drawing and academic standards. Well, I think, I think that's beautifully put, and I think your, your own work uh, displays it uh, extremely well. You obviously love to paint because uh, the very surfaces of your pictures vibrate and have a pulse and the painterly quality uh, indicate that you, you love every, every stroke that you put on the canvas. Uh, you, you, must, you must really delight in the act of painting, don't you? I love painting. I you don't need to say any more. difficult things to do, but one of the most wonderful things and because you do it, you share it and, and transfer that love to all of us. And uh, I think the response that you've seen uh, over many, many years, and may God grant you many more, uh, I think is, is, is a source of great pleasure and, and continued admiration for your work. I, I think you've said about as much as I think we can print and draw out, and I'm very, very grateful to you. 
Let me tell you how much I admire you and your work. Thank you, sir. I've followed pleasantly for a long time. I've always, always felt one of my best vacations would be to pitch a pup tent in the Metropolitan Museum. <laughs> I wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Mr. Thibault. And thank you, all of you, our listeners, for joining us in this episode of The Picture, Conversations with Aquabella Galleries.